Hello everyone and welcome to an apotheosis of a bombast episode 25 and this is the holiday podcast because I'm off and you're not. <laughs> yep, by the time um, you listen to this we'll both be gone somewhere. Not the same place yeah. though. <laughs> Someday. No, no, not the same place. <laughs> not yet. But anyway, um, welcome everyone. I hope you're enjoying your days at work and days on the desk and typing away because... I'm next to a swimming pool right now. <laughs> uh, my name is Ultimate Manus, and joining me today is everyone's favourite superhero, Mr. Copperman. Hello, hello. How are you? Dun, 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 dun. I'm very good. Very, very good. And, uh, you know, it will be a shame that we'll kind of be a little dark for a while here or be dragging out the episode releases, but it's nothing to worry about. We are just attending to our families and Getting much-needed mental rest. Yeah, hopefully by the time everyone hears this, I'll be in Portugal lapping up the sun and the seas and I'll have sand in my sandwiches and in my hair and really annoying me in between my toes. (laughs) Well, since I'm editing it, I can guarantee that'll be the case. Oh, hold on one second, sorry. (laughs) Oh, no! You're right. Oh yes, but it's a family meltdown. I should. Oh, I wish I had that recorded because it was my daughter going, "I'm so hungry," and then my wife saying, "You talk to her. I'm not going to deal with her anymore." <sighs> They're at a skating rink, and oh, uh, no. yeah, so I have to go and get her. Okay, so no worries. Sabotaged. Oh no. That's right. No worries, man. <sighs> I feel bad. I had a feeling it was going to happen, but it, everything looked like it was falling into place, but. <laughs> no, the meltdown has begun. I'm sorry. That's cool. No worries, man. <sighs> so, um, well, we can wait and see. I doubt we're going to find another chance to do something. Uh, I doubt it very much. I'll, um, well, I don't know if you're going to be around later on tonight or. Uh, I'll be around, no. but not till late, late for you. So yeah, you can record. Uh, you can record a little snippet if you want. <laughs> I'll see if I come out with anything. Because I could even mix in my own little, like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, cool. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> or if you if you can think of something like a... I'll see what I can think of, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you know anyway. And I could even get up weird hours and stuff. All right. Don't, don't go far. This might be the forget it, but hold on a sec. <laughs> okay, cool. Woohoo! A reprieve of sorts. So, yes. Okay. <laughs> it was, it's, it's our vacation holiday show, and with me doing the editing, it probably won't be released until you're well on the Portuguese beaches, enjoying the sun. Are they nude beaches? I hope so. Ooh. But then again, I hope not, because I have little children around me. No. But, um, I have no idea. I'm, I, I haven't really looked into it, to be honest, but... I know the the beach isn't too far away from us, so it's, it's probably about a ten minute walk. So in the morning, down to the beach. In the afternoon, round the swimming pool. Yeah, that should be nice. Have a good it's time. It's gonna be awesome because I haven't had a holiday in eight years, and if anyone deserves it, then it's boudoir. It definitely deserves one. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna try to stay stress free for the holiday. Oh, that'll be nice. Oh. It'll be nice for me as well, just to say stress free. God, yeah. bloody hell! Yeah, and hopefully when you come back, there's not. Oh, Elton, we left all these things for you to deal with when you returned. <laughs> oh, at work? Yes. Yeah, I'll, that will generally be there. There's a bunch of tossers there. I'll be surprised if they operate computers, let alone download this. 
when I come back, I'll have uh, my usual end of the month stress for work. You know, usually that the last week of every month is kind of a, a hardcore push. And then I'm actually starting a graduate class, which in my head, it's a fall class. So September, I tend to think of, but because it's a, a college class, it starts. It didn't, didn't start yet, but I probably am supposed to have my book already. And, you know, those really aggressive kind of people who love to do everything on day one, do the first eight weeks worth of work. Yeah. They're probably yeah. already cracking at things. I should probably see what, what's going on. God, I seem to forget. It's nearly the buzz as well. We're, we're nearly in the buzz. That's what we call it around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you have September, October, November, December, and that's the lead up to Christmas. Obviously not like a, a four-month lead up to right, Christmas, right. but once you hit the buzz, then you know all the weather draws in and all the leaves fall off the trees and, you know, you're in for a harsh winter. Yeah. We have uh, September 6th is my son's birthday. The 7th is, is my wife. Mine's the 11th. So that beginning of September is both expensive <laughs> and yeah. busy and and frolicky. And it's good, but it it is definitely a turning of the page from summer to you know school starting and, and the various holidays. Each month has a holiday of sorts. Yeah. Speaking of birthdays, I had uh, my son's birthday at the weekend. Oh, yes. And... Have you done many uh, birthday parties for kids recently or at all? Yeah, we actually do my kids' birthdays in-house. So, you know, where sometimes people go somewhere and the little animated characters kind of entertain. Like here it would be Chuck E. Cheese and things like that. We we try to manage it ourselves, which <laughs> is definitely an adventure. Yeah. Yeah, we had a – he's down the local village hall. Mm-hmm. And it was a really good day. I really enjoyed myself because oh, I was – I was doing all the music, and I had my old guitar and blasting out the, the music through the mixer. And so he enjoyed that, but it nearly went so, so wrong. Amanda made a cake, which came out really, really good. Mm-hmm. But the icing cocked up a little bit, yeah. so we had to start all over again. So me and my mum knocked one up on Friday night for Saturday morning. And then people started turning up to the party an hour early while we are still setting up the hall. But no, no, please don't. Apparently... Uh, Six or seven of the invitations went out with the wrong time on oh, them. Oh, no. No one's fault. Amanda tried to clear it up before that, but I think people just forgot. Yeah. And so they started turning up an hour before. Oh, no, please don't turn up. Please <laughs> go away. <laughs> please take your kid again. Do the family stay or do they drop their kids off at that age? No, luck- luckily enough, they're all in village. Mm-hmm. So every- everyone's around about 10 minutes away from this hall. Okay. So they all just turned around and walked back home and then 50 minutes later turned around again and came back down. But that went well. But I was doing um, the games at the party Mm -hmm. and these kids are getting to that age where some of them are a little bit older than him, one or two are a little bit younger than him and they tend to find, was it musical statues, is a little bit boring for them. Yeah. So we ended up playing... It wasn't Bulldog. What did we end up playing? What's the time, Mr. Wolf? But it turned into a, a big game of Bulldog with lots of seven- and eight-year-olds just running around the house, <laughs> which was awesome. It really was. That They played that for 20 minutes. But I oh, I can't believe I did this. I sounded like a geezer at Butlins, to be honest. But I did the old, is everybody having fun? And oh. all the kids started screaming. And I went, I can't hear you. Oh. <laughs> and it's just You've grown up. <laughs> Unbelievably cheesy. I hang my head in shame for doing that. I'll do it again though. Definitely yeah. do it again. But I'll still hang my head in shame after it. I can't believe I did that. Well, it's nice it was a good party. Yeah, he enjoyed it. We made him like a, a guitar birthday cake because mm-hmm. 
couldn't find anything for the strings, and so we used long bits of pasta. Uh, <laughs> all the kids noticed and went, why have you got pasta on your uh, birthday cake? Just wait till they get married and they see how much of the wedding cakes you don't actually eat. Yeah, yeah, it's all filler, isn't it? Have all... you ever seen that? There's a show, Ace of Cakes, on here, and they make, like, lost cakes and all these all these fancy cakes, but, you know, three-quarters of it are dowels and plastic figures, or, or it's made of sugar, but it's... You wouldn't want to eat it. It's, I forget what they call it, a f- a fondant or something like that. Right, okay, so only one tier is really for cutting up and passing around. Right, right, or it's, you know, it's a buttercream, but it's it's more thick and gluey than than tasty. Yeah, so the wedding cake is more the drugs of the cake world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> full of, of stuff that nobody really wants to have, but they take it anyway. That's right. It's <laughs> exactly, there's all decorative there's a show here called Throwdown with Bobby Flay, and he's a cook that he challenges other local star cooks. So, you know, someone maybe has a great brownie shop or someone makes a great shepherd's pie, and it'd be like he tries to bring his own style, and and they do like a taste test at the end. So he yeah. did something against someone who was a, a wedding cake designer, mm-hmm. and she made this beautiful cake. It, it looked much better than his. He basically just made a really good homemade cake. And like a sugar flower on the top. And it looked like something like a, a really, really good grandmother would have made. Um, yeah. But it didn't really look like a wedding cake. And they, they went through. And then the taste test, everyone was like, well, that looks like a wedding cake. But this one tastes much better. <laughs> and he lost. He lost the duel because the challenge was to actually make a wedding wedding cake, not just a cake. Yeah. But it, it was pretty telling that to make a wedding cake be wedding-ish, you sacrifice a lot in terms of, of having have the right flavor. That's mad. That's absolutely mad. So did he get good stuff for his birthday? Yeah, we got him a bike, which carries a football at the back. So he's quite happy with that. He's learning how to ride without stabilizers now. So it's lots of crashes at the moment, but he's getting really frustrated as well. He's one of these kids that wants to do it straight away, like with with the uh, riding a bike and playing a guitar. He just wants to know it there and then. That's it. (laughs) And he's got very short fuse and he'll try his hardest for 10 minutes. And then that'll be it. Yeah. But yeah, he, he got some good stuff. He got some Ben 10 stuff. He got some loads of Harry Potter stuff. Anyone surprisingly generous? Like you get that neighbor that all of a sudden gave you something that made you go, whoa, um, that's way too much money. Or <laughs> Well, Amanda has an auntie who who's really generous. She hasn't got any kids of her own, but you know, she'll just, she adores everyone in the family. Absolutely adores everyone. Mm-hmm. And she treats everyone like royalty. I think she gave him 30 quid. And he ended up with hundred and something odd quid for his birthday. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I want a party. That's right. But yeah, a hundred odd pound for a, a six-year-old. Yeah, when you and get he's... older, you pay for the party. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he's bowling around the house going, yeah, I guess how much money I've got, really? Oh, okay, fair enough. But yeah, he, he enjoyed that. He He got a box set of... Harry Potter films. Oh, cool. So I've got no excuse not to dive into that now, even though I don't want to because it's full of wizards and stuff <laughs> like that. But I'll give it a go. I've, I haven't seen a full movie all the way through yet, but I'm trying not to. I'm putting it off, really. Yeah, I've only seen the first and bits of some of the others, but I th- my son's reading the books now, so I know that that's going to be... You know, after each book, we'll watch the movie. Yeah. And they say each movie is a different tone to it some are more actiony some are more romantic or dark yeah, they, and such. they tend to get darker as they go on don't they yeah i think so it, he had a good time so everyone's happy so that's good oh 
I I have only uh, I've got one little website and one piece of news. So I don't know if you've got anything to to go along with. Well, yesterday, two days ago, I finally went to see Transformers. Yeah. I have to say it had more of a story than I was expecting. It was a hokey story. It was not definitely it was a stretch all around, but it it wasn't as awful as I thought it was going to be. What right. bothers me more than anything is this idea in, in these movies that death is just a plot device. Like anybody can die in any series and be brought back. And I don't mean like a reboot where they just start over from scratch. I'm, I mean, oh, you know, Superman died. Well, well, actually, he didn't really die. And oh, you know, in the comic books now, Batman supposedly died. I can't. I don't know if they're at the point yet where he's back, but you know, eventually he will be. Yeah. Yeah. Like Bobby Ewing, you know these Transformers are deactivated, or or uh, you know Spock died, and oh, spoiler in uh, in Star Trek, <laughs> and you know, he's back. It's like Bobby Ewing dying in uh, Dallas, and then they thought, oh, you know, do you know what? We better bring him back, and they missed out a whole season because it was all a dream. Yeah, and there was a point where there were kind of clever ways they would go about it. Star Trek had the Genesis device, or or they used the it was only a dream, and. Some some were more effective than others, but it's so commonplace for characters to be killed and then be brought back. It's it's not even a surprise anymore. If people die, and you you think, well, they'll find a way to bring them back. Yeah, yeah. So that was the biggest disappointment to me. Well, one of the big disappointments to me about that movie, but it was it was good. And my son brought his friend, and they had a great time. They thought it was the most awesome thing, and. I saw the swinging wrecking balls, and I was like, ah, I remember this. And... <laughs> the big swinging gonads underneath yeah. the robot. <laughs> yeah. And what about uh, Megan Fox's um, lips as well? Were yeah. they as impressive as you might have thought? Well, you know, I, I was looking for it. The thing I had noticed most about Megan Fox was how all, like, all the girls in the movie were <laughs> Megan Fox clones or, or wannabes, which I guess that was part of the plot too well yeah that was the uh the the college or the roommate uh, university but he set it all up though didn't he yeah. through his uh internet so that that explained it which is fair enough i can i can tell you that so but, it was all right but that's the top grossing uh sci-fi geek movie of the summer here i know that's the big one isn't it 388 million dollars really bloody hell we do the top 10 according to bamkapow.com, which is an awesome, awesome website. www.bamkapow.com. It's great for comic books, science fiction, movie, TV, like all kinds of news and, and previews and stuff. But according to them, financially, the top grossing geek movies of 2009 are Transformers with $388 million, Harry Potter, $255 million. Well, how long has that been out? That's only been out less than a month. Yeah. Star Trek 254, Wolverine 180 million, mm-hmm. Terminator Salvation 124 million, Watchmen 107 million, Underworld 3, which I don't know what that is, 45 million, Push is 31 million. Have you seen the commercials for Push? No, I haven't heard them. No. I don't know if there's a famous actor in it, but it looks like a cross between like jumpers and like a bunch of Jedi. I get like I think they have telekinetic powers, so everything looks like a force push. Isn't that out on DVD already? I think it is because number nine is Dragon Ball Evolution, nine million dollars it made, and I'll bet that cost like sixty million to make yeah. with all the special effects. And then Street Fighter Chun Li 
is number 10, making $8 million. Yeah, they got to be out on DVD, them last three. I'm pretty sure that pushes out on DVD already. Yeah, I think so too. But this site is, is awesome. They have all kinds of interviews and, and talking about the new Alien prequel and uh, G.I. Joe stuff, the Tron movie that's coming out. They do reviews. They do like, not so much spoilery stuff, but it's a lot of rumors and, and a lot of uh, supporting materials, like whether it's video or graphics and stuff. So Yeah, with that Alien prequel, all I have to say is gestation, people, gestation time. Get it right this time. Well, Ridley Scott is going to direct it. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. So it should be awesome. Fingers crossed. You know, it's no guarantee that it will be, but hopefully it go back to you know, one alien and less CGI people. Please, go back to dark corners and dark rooms and a guy in a big latex mask you know, running at you. That's what you want. Well, let's see. It says the new film is set to take place before the classic alien and will chronicle the crew of a commercial towing vessel that receives a distress call while on a return trip to Earth. In true sci-fi horror fashion, the crew learns too late that the distress call has lowered them to their sticky, face-raped demise. Face-raped. <laughs> you can expect a good amount of murder, blood, slime, and screaming, but they wonder whether the new alien will be action-packed or cerebral. Mm. So, I don't know, but it's a good sign to have uh, Ridley Scott attached to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, well, I'll wait for a bit more news before I cast my vote on that. But yeah, well, that, that's a great website, yeah. and you can actually follow them on Twitter. And there, you spell out the dot, so it's bam kapow dot com. Cool. So it's pretty good. I'll be doing that later on. Yeah. So what else we got? Do you get Formula One over where you are? Yes, it's not yeah. quite as popular as uh, the Indy racing and NASCAR, but. You can catch yeah, NAS- it on Sunday. Yeah, the NASCAR is the big one over there, yeah. isn't it? But uh, the last race in Hungary, a guy had a crash. I don't know if you've heard this or not. There's a guy called uh, Felipe Massa. He's from Brazil. He drives a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Now, he had a crash. He hit the wall at, let's say, 165 miles an hour, I think it was. Uh, only after the car in front of him, one of the the tension springs on the rear suspension popped off, worked its way loose, going up a hill, popped off, and it bounced along the road. Hmm. And this guy, Felipe Massa, he's come pelting up up this hill, and it's twatted him in the head huh. at God knows what speed, what the closing velocity of that thing would have been. It smashed his, uh, his visor off. It smashed into his helmet. Let me send you this link over. Sorry. Okay. And then you can see a video of it. Uh, this media is not available in my territory, but I can, I'll look for it. Okay, well then. Oh, it's not available. That's rubbish. Ah, oh, it's BBC. That's why. Yeah, I got it, I think, on YouTube here. That's because I pay for the BBC and you uh. don't. <laughs> I'm untaxed heavily so they can make Doctor Who and crap like that. Sorry, sorry, people. <laughs> sorry. Crap, no. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this spring has popped off this car. He's twatted him in the head. He's gone headfirst into the uh, the barriers after that. It's knocked him clean cold. Mm-hmm. And the closing velocity, they say, is running about 150 miles an hour. But he's he's out of hospital now. He, he's fine. He's got a damaged eye socket. He had a fractured skull. And where he's hit the barriers, he's fractured the base of his skull as well. Mm-hmm. Now, there's two things that oh. saved his life. Sorry, I just watched it. <laughs> 
Oh, you actually saw it, yeah? I see it, yeah, on another site. They're going the um, JFK kind of thing, like, back and to the left. They keep going forward and back with the video, and they show the spring popping up and hitting oh. Yeah, they reckon this this spring weighed about two pounds. Mm-hmm. But there's two things that actually saved this guy's life. There's the crash helmet first off, mm-hmm. which stopped the spring from you know decapitating the poor guy. Yeah. And then there's the hands device, which is a, a device fitted around uh, over the shoulders, and it's got two little straps which strap to the helmet to stop your head from going forwards. It's pinned down basically by the uh, seat belts. Mm-hmm. It's in between the seat belts and your shoulders, and it lodges in there, and it stops your head from going forwards. Now the guy's come out. He's obviously thanked all the medical people. He hasn't thanked the uh, the track marshals, but he's thanked all the medical people, which is fair enough. All the people at the hospital, all the Brazilian doctor that came out as well. well were the track marshals responsible for making sure nothing like that was on the course? No, they had no, no. chance. The guy was literally. 10 seconds in front of oh, them. okay. So they had no chance of clearing. You know, if it had been a bit of debris, then they would have put the flags out and slowed people down for it. But no, they had absolutely no chance of stopping it. But yeah, he's he thanked all these people. He's, he's thanked his wife. He's thanked his manager. He's thanked the sponsors, as you do. One, Two people that he's forgot to thank are the helmet makers that saved his life and the mm-hmm. hands makers that also saved his life. And I'm a bit... I'm a bit disappointed that he hasn't given them, you know, he's given everyone free advertising. He, in one of his interviews, he's wearing all his Ferrari gear with all the sponsors on, which yeah. he's obliged to do. But he hasn't gone out publicly and said, you know, do you know what? Without this skid lid, I wouldn't be here. Or without the hands device, I wouldn't be here. And he hasn't come out and said that. It's really, hasn't annoyed me so much, but it's just, you know, come on, guys, you know, this is what has saved your, you know, your bacon, really. Maybe they're turning it into some sort of real commercial opportunity. Like he'll come out with the whole video at some point, and yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me. But you know, he's a very lucky guy. There's um, if if you search the internet, you'll you'll find other stuff. There was a guy called uh, Tom Price who was actually decapitated years and years oh, ago. Geez. He was racing in Kyle Army in South Africa, and he was just racing around, racing around, and another car had stopped on the track. Mm-hmm. Now, there's two fire marshals that ran across the track to help him. This was in the days before fire marshals everywhere. They've run across the track thinking that they're going to beat a 180-mile-an-hour car coming towards Jeez. them. The first car, the first guy was missed by the car by inches. The second uh, guy was totally collected by this guy. Uh. And he's carrying a fire extinguisher with him, and it's just decapitated the guy. Feels really bad as well, and uh, there was a, another car that he crashed into after he'd been he'd hit this marshal, and the guy got out of the car and started having a go at him, and then realised what had actually happened. He's like, "Oh God, Christ!" You know, lot, lots of blankets covering over the dead body and yeah. stuff like that. But oh, yeah, I, I think he should come out a little bit more and say, you know, thank you very much to the makers of this helmet, and you know, that's the reason why I'm still here. Oh yeah, just watching the video, I can absolutely see and why he would say that. We'll put a link to that that's visible wherever. And and then, like you said, there's links in that article that I'm looking at that go to, oh, by the way, five days ago, this Formula 2 driver was in an accident and someone yeah. was hit by a tire. And That was Henry about, Surtees. Yeah. The son of, the son of John Surtees. That was at Brands Hatch. 
and he's got clobbered on the head by a, a tire, which is very, very sad. Yeah, I think he was only eighteen as well. Yeah, and these are all just fluke accidents. The ones who are getting hurt, it's, they didn't do anything wrong. No, that's right. Absolutely right. But wow. Anyway, more uplifting news. Let's have uplifting news. You got any uplifting news? Uh, well, something was brought to my attention a while ago, and um, I'm not really sure what exactly is going on with it. But it, again, it's another bit of a link to share. Are you familiar with the TV show Arrested Development? No, I've heard lots about it. But it's it's no. a very enjoyable show. There were three seasons. It was cut short. It was one of those that, that people think is really funny. I, I watched. I think it's great. But I guess it didn't have the ratings. And it was on the air, ooh, I want to say uh, early 2000s, you know, 2001, 2002, around there. And it disappeared for a while. It's out on video now, and it, it's it's been on uh, some of the syndication channels. But they they've been talking about making a movie. Yeah. And it's it's got an ensemble cast. It's about uh, let's see, Portia de Rossi's in there, um, the guy from Mr. Show, David Cross, is a comedian. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of famous actors in there. And it turns out, according to what I had heard, the one holding up the movie is Michael Sarah. Do you know who Michael Sarah is? No, I don't. He always plays the same type of character. Do you know the movie Year One? It just came out this summer with Jack Black. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's Jack Black and then there's a, another boy, and that's Michael Sarah. But it's, right. it seems unusual that Michael Sarah would have that much clout, but he is a fairly main character as the show goes on. But there's uh, a group producing a documentary, and I know a lot of our listeners are big Arrested Development fans, um, so this is definitely worth checking out. It's ArrestedDevelopmentDoc.com. And in there, there's some clips and some trailers about the documentary they're producing, uh, a little bit about what it's going to be, some music produced for the documentary. And actually yesterday, uh, I had missed it, but yesterday was a a conference call about the documentary that you could have called in and listened to the the guys making it, talk about what's going on. All right, cool. um, So I'm not sure when it's, it's all due to be released, but... The people that I know who are fans of the show and people online that I talked about it are, are all real excited about this documentary. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there is some stuff going on. So if you're an Arrested Development fan, this is probably the time to, to check it out. If, and if you haven't had a chance to see it, but you can get it through Netflix and all, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's, it's a pretty funny show. Yeah, I might try and dip into that. There's a few box sets I want to uh, get my nibs on, to be honest. So mm-hmm. I might try and seek that one out. I finally figured out that I can see Red Dwarf after listening to the guys at the Scuttercast talk about it. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. It sounds really good. And I would, uh, I keep saying, I, I want to see it. I want to see it. It's not on TV here at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a device called Oroku, which lets us watch on-demand video from Netflix, certain things. Yeah. And I was finally able to find Red Dwarf. Awesome. So I, I watched part of episode one yesterday. And I have to admit, the first thing I thought was Mystery Science Theater 3000. You know, have you seen that show? No, that's straight out of my head as well. Oh, you have to see Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's where they basically have a, a hokey movie, like an old Godzilla movie or monster movie from the 50s or, you know, Attack of the uh, Mutant 
bananas, something like that. <laughs> and they have these four little silhouette figures, and all they do is talk through the movie. And little one-liners and zingers and just – it's really, really funny stuff that they do. Yeah. But the opening of that show is basically if you took your Star Wars toys and you hung them on a piece of fishing wire and moved the camera up to it and went, <laughs> we're looking through. Yeah. And when I watched the opening sequence of Red Dwarf, I was just thinking like, oh my god, this is – I think I have that toy in my basement. Yeah. <laughs> I can make this opening scene. I, I remember uh, Red Dwarf being hilarious when when I was younger. Uh, I I've already sent like a comment into the the Scuttercast guys about the the new ones that are made, so they know my feelings on the new one. But the old ones, we used to go to school and just quote it all day, all day every day, and it, it was just brilliant. I used to love it. There's there's three or four of us that used to love it. It's the same as um uh, we used to quote Blackadder as well. Oh. Have you ever seen Blackadder? I've seen Blackadder, yeah. and I thought it was I thought. Red Dwarf was funny. I, we just got interrupted. I didn't get to watch the whole episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally, I, I've been listening to the Scuttercast, so I've, I've been listening to how the the episodes go. I, I, I can't really remember much of the episodes. I, I remember little bits of them, but I couldn't remember a full bit. But there, there's certain bits in my head that I remember and just, you know, laugh out loud, funny. It's really good at, at certain points. There's a there's a, a scene where I think they're stranded on a uh, on a planet, and they've eaten everything in in uh, Starbug, I think it is, and he's come down to either uh, pot noodles or uh, dog food. I think this is a, a Rimmer, no Lister. I get them too confused anyway. But one of them has come down, and that's all they've got left to eat, and he chooses for the dog uh, the dog food, and oh, the way he does it, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It looks good. I used to watch Blake 7. That used to be on PBS here. Right. I would watch that. Um, it was Star Trek and Blake 7 were on back-to-back. Yeah. That, I think, that was more serious, right? That wasn't... If it was hokey, it was hokey in the way that Star Trek is, kind of. Yeah. Star Trek takes itself a bit too seriously sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. But this looks like it's going to be good, so I'm looking forward to watching it. It's definitely worth getting into. Mm-hmm. How long you got for the clock? Uh, probably about 10 minutes. Okay. All right, then. So. All right, then let's move on to my website. I've uh, got... Let me send you the link quickly, because okay. I have trouble reading these words. Phobia guide? Yes, it's a list of all the phobias that you can come up with. Ah. Well, here, I'm not going to look at it. You can ask me what some of them, if I can figure out what some of them are. Uh, I always have trouble reading these, because they've got lots of X's and G's and L's and Q's in the wrong place. I'm, oh, no, I can't read that. Uh, yeah, this is a phobiaguide.com. It's got the list of all the phobias that you'll ever need. All right. Uh, let's go through a couple of them. Uh, all right. Felinophobia. Well, that would be cats, I assume. Yes. Uh, Judeophobia. It's fear of Jewish people? Yes. <laughs> is, it? is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> uh, let me find another one. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. I'll come back to that one later. Tachophobia. Is it fear of speed? Yes, fear of speed. Oh, I'm thinking tachometer. I almost said Mexican food, but I didn't think that was right. <laughs> fear of tacos. <laughs> uh, zoophobia. 
it's is it animals? Fear of no. animals. Oh wow! Oh, I'm on fire. Xenoglossophobia. I just remember a video game called Xenophobe. So that was fear of like aliens or something like that. Glossophobia. Alien words, foreign words. Foreign languages. Oh, wow. it was close. You're doing well, doing well. Let's, <laughs> let's move up the list a little bit. All right. Da, 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 da. There's all the ones I can't really pronounce. Dipsophobia. Dipsophobia. The only thing dippy I can think of is uh, from like an oil dipstick or there's like a diphthong. That's like a grammar thing. Uh, I'll say fear, fear of grammar. <laughs> fear of drinking. Ooh. Now, I don't know if that would mean just alcoholic drinks or drinking water or anything like that. Hmm. Could mean anything. But all these phobias, I'm sure someone else has said this before, but you can change phobia to philia on every single one. Uh. So you've so you got numerophobia, which is the fear of numbers. But if you have Words. numerophilia, you have... It's a love of numbers. A love of numbers. I love numbers. <laughs> Automaton... I can't read it. I'm looking for this now. Automatonophobia. The fear of ventriloquist dummies, wax statues, and animatronic creatures. What was that one? Automaton. Auton, autom, automaton. Automaton. <laughs> automatonophobia. There oh, we go. I see it. Yeah. Uh, so you could change that to automatonophilia, and then you love ventriloquist dummies. I'm sure there's a couple of people out there that love... The dummies. <laughs> Chronometrophobia, fear of clocks, as opposed to chromatophobia, a fear of colors. A fear of lawsuits. Fear of lawsuits. Letichophobia, the the, the or letichophobia. They really are to pronounce, aren't they? Yeah. I'm glad it's not just me. I should have paid more attention in foreign language class. Oh, I have pronunciation. no ideas. Uh, I'm trying to find another one. Melissophobia is a fear of bees. I'm looking at the fear of being stared at. Ophthalmophobia. Yeah, so you can have ornithophilia, a love of being stared at. Telephonophobia, a fear of telephones. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. I like the list. I swear people just make these words up. You can have, like, couchophobia. I'm, I'm scared of my couch. But yeah, there, there's some weird ones in there, so yeah. I'm sure people be interested in going through that and trying to find out what they're they're scared of <laughs> and what their their love of is as well i know there's the one the fear of long words and it's that huge long word and i think it's just some guy just taking the mick i'll tell you what if yeah. you're fear of long words then how about this one <laughs> have this but yeah it's interesting just to look around and yeah in a strapophobia fear of beautiful women I'm just putting Philia on the end of every single one to see what it sounds like. Yeah, so take a look at that and gloss around and see what you've got and email us and let us know what you have got and what you haven't got and what you've got a, a Philia for and what you've got a phobia for. <laughs> I actually have one other site here. I know I've already thrown two out there today. But one other one, if you notice, um, I guess it was two episodes ago, I had the music from the... Um, Amstel Light commercial yeah. at our open. And I, it comes from a website I've used a couple times. Just You'll see a commercial and you're like, oh, I, I know that song or I really like that song. A lot of the Apple iPod commercials have kind of catchy music. And there's a website literally called findthatsong.net. Oh, wicked. And there's 
a list of, of commercials with, which have information about it. You can put a question up there. There's more than one site like this out there, but this one's pretty good. They, they have a pretty high success rate of being able to tell you, like, oh, yeah, you know, in that old Navy commercial that was such and such. Or, yeah. So you can search. You can uh, look through the blog, post a question, and people are pretty good about answering it. Yes, yeah, they, they do use a lot of good music for the um, uh, adverts nowadays, don't they? I know Moby went through a big state of using every single bloody track on his album to promote, and the Levi's adverts have always had like, big songs going up there as well, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes it's a cover of a song, and you like that version of it. Yeah. I'll tell you the biggest rip-off song that ever was. There was um, a Levi ad... Uh, and it used the song Spaceman. And this awesome little track. And it was a little loop from the beginning of the song and the end of the song. And it was literally 30 seconds of the song. And then it just went into absolute guff all the way through the song. It was terrible. And it went to number one. And everyone's all screaming about it. And, you know, watching the advert was a lot more inspiring than actually buying the song and listening to it. Thank, you know, I didn't go out and buy yeah. it, thank God, but... I heard lots of reports of people being really peed off when they actually bought the song. Do you remember, there's a little digression here, do you remember old Levi's commercials where there would be a Levi logo and it would swing open like a door and then little cartoon creatures would kind of come out? It was a Levi's 501 Blues commercial. No, no. would that be the Levi's with the big E or the little E? Because there was a big thing about uh, the old collectibles. I can't remember what way it yeah. Literally, yeah, I think they changed it, it, didn't they? And all all the stuff with the Big E is really collectible now. You know, there's certain things you just don't see commercials for much anymore. Like Levi's 501 Blue Jeans was a big ad com- campaign for a while. Uh, and here we see Wrangler commercials for Wrangler jeans with Brett Favre running around because he's a tough guy. But Jordash <laughs> uh, jeans used to be like, you know, the Jordash love <laughs> thing. But I'll let that out. No, you won't. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, of... I haven't really seen a jeans commercial in a while. No, to be honest, I haven't either. Calvin Klein. used to see Calvin Klein commercials. You don't see Flake commercials. You don't see Kiora commercials anymore either. I used to love the Kiora commercials. It's too orangey for crows. Even... How about cameras? Like, there's... Is it Olympus or Nikon? Somebody uses the tennis players all the time. Uh, I wouldn't have a clue. I don't know. Well, that's yeah. how effective the advertisement is. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, we get lots of that, like Panasonic and stuff like that as well. So, yeah. but I remember having—I might have said this before—but I remember having a class freshman year in high school. It was about business law, and we were talking about subliminal advertising. And and the teacher said he challenged the class to name um, an ineffective advertisement. And so people were like, "Oh, you know, the Crystal Light or the Bartles and James or." You know, this commercial, that commercial. And he kept going like, nope, nope, no, nope, nope. If you know what the commercial is, if yeah. you remember it, then it was effective commercial. And I had one, but I couldn't tell him what it was for. I was like, I don't know what it is. I hate it, and I yeah. don't know what it's for. <laughs> and I, because I couldn't describe it, it didn't count. But to me, that, that was an ineffective commercial. It was actually for the Colgate pump. It was a bunch of uh, kids walking in like a conga line with the new Colgate <laughs> pump toothpaste. Is that like a different, uh, instead of the tube? Yeah, instead of squeezing it, you'd put, like, oh, now they make hand, uh, yeah, hand soap the, oh, that way. No, not the pump, no. I, I remember the little, the tube where you had to push the top and it would squirt out a totally different way. But I don't think they do that anymore. 
Yeah. Do you know, we're going to have to do a show on just commercials now. Yeah, I'll have to look for it. It'll be referenced in a future episode. If someone has it, though, it was uh, kids walking in the conga line and singing the Colgate Pump song yeah. from the 80s. <laughs> I remember the Aquafresh <laughs> advert as well, the guy with the flip-top head. But that was that was about toothbrushes. Oh, but, okay. Oh, God, yeah, we're definitely going to have to do a show on this now. Yeah, we'll have to talk about Max Headroom and, and all the uh, good ad campaigns, bad ad campaigns. Yeah. We'll put that on the slate. If anyone listening knows of any uh, adverts that they either found annoying or were the best adverts that they've ever had, then send it in. If you've never sent an email in, do it because we need them. Yeah, now's the time. Do it now. Send us a link. Elton can kind of mix it in so that we have the audio. Uh, We'll put links in the show notes. But, yeah, you have a little bit of time because we'll be on holiday. So uh, this is the time. Dig one or two up. Let us know something you thought was great. Something you couldn't stand. Yeah, there's so many that I, I can't stand. And <laughs> especially around Christmas time, you get the Coca-Cola ones, oh, yeah. which are always there. And it's not Christmas until the Coca-Cola ones come out and lots of other adverts like yeah. that. All right. Well, I guess we'll end it at that spot for now. I wish you a, a happy trip and a happy vacation. We need a moral, I guess, for today. I was thinking either something about Massa's crash helmets or... Never cross your phobias with your feelings. I like that. That sounds good. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll swing with that one this yeah. week. Um, if anyone's got any feedback, send it to an apotheosis. No, it's, it's not an apotheosis. It's bombastpodcast at googlemail.com or gmail.com, whatever you prefer. doesn't matter. It all gets there. And That sounds good. We'll be looking forward to reading it when we get back, and we'll have a big show for you guys in about a week, week and a half. Yes. Excellent. Right, we'll have a very good trip. I will. I'll be thinking of every single one of you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon then. See you later, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Show is sponsored by Stretchy Leave. Leave all your stresses behind.